All right, welcome back to But Why Should I Care with Dean Huff and myself, Ellie Huff. So today we're going to be discussing something that I don't think we're going to have to convince you that you should care about, but we are going to discuss it in in sort of a more hospitable way, I think, than was has been delivered to at least me by way of contemporary Christianity. Does that make sense? I would agree with that. Okay. So we're talking about, now that you're in the dark, um, we're talking about faith and reason and the harmony between those two and what, what it looks like to make those balance and like what kind of we should be looking for as to our responsibility, right? Yeah, because a lot of people will talk about faith and say, all I need in my Christian walk is faith and mm-hmm. I don't need to think about things rationally. Then other people will say, wait, what do you mean? You don't have any rational arguments for what you believe? Mm-hmm. What in the world? Right. And they might make them feel... Inferior? <laughs> That's funny. That's the word I was actually thinking yeah, in my head that I was one. thinking maybe I should use a different word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that. <laughs> maybe another synonym. No, that Anyways, spoke. That spoke. But <laughs> truly, I think that we do sometimes feel like we don't know enough. Yes. And we need to know more. Or that we're only living by faith. Can we really trust in what we believe? But Mm -hmm. we can. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to discuss sort of what those two two parts of the puzzle are, right? So let's start with reason. What is reason? How does it play a role? One of the ways that I would define reason is from the Popular Encyclopedia of Apologetics. It gives a really clear, short answer. It says the ability to think a faculty by which we make sense of the world, make proper judgments, and discover truths. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a really easy way of thinking about reason. Mm -hmm. And reason is something that is Mm God-given. I mean, we even see that in the scriptures. You hear it quoted a lot. God says, come, let us reason together in Isaiah, Mm -hmm. right? One of the ways, though, in knowing God using our rationale Romans 1 tells us, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what he has made, so that we are without excuse. And there's a little bit of debate that goes on here. Right. I was about to say something about it. Yeah, go go right ahead. Because is that faith or is that reason? Because... Because, you know, you're you're looking at the world. It is it is in some way, shape, or form this desire to reason uh, and answer the big questions because when you look up at the sky, you feel that sublime uh, feeling that the romantics talk about, right? Where it's like, I feel so small. There must be something else out there. It can't just be me. This is so beautiful and complex. And you talk about the teleological argument, you know, like you found a watch in the woods. What now? You know, yes, yes. Is there a designer? Uh, so I think that is that is closer to reason. Yes, yes because yes. you have you you are given those questions. And some may argue that natural theology. This is what right. they would call it. They would say, you know, natural theology is not going to be the bridge that gets you to Jesus. That's only going to come through Scripture. And Mm -hmm. so you have these counter arguments of people declaring that you can't really know God through natural revelation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Some might call it general revelation, uh, if you're familiar. So that's just this idea that you can see God in nature, right? 
Yes, the heavens declare the glory of God. And so we look around and we say there must be a creator Mm -hmm. of some sort. But then there's also a special revelation. Mm -hmm. And that's where one might come along and say, that's really how you know God. Mm -hmm. And that's the aspect of the scriptures speaking to us about who God is. And of Mm -hmm. course, it is the testimony of Jesus. And that is the claims of Christianity that Mm -hmm. we know him through the scriptures. But are we limited Mm -hmm. to only the scriptures? Or can we know God through a natural revelation Mm -hmm. as far as coming to the realization that God does exist? Right. So it's interesting that we talk about like how we can have this connection and what this revelation of this world looks like, right? Because that's what Rene Descartes was talking about. And y'all would know Rene Descartes, it's I think therefore I am. That's a very popular saying, uh, you know, that, that people gravitate towards um, and is seen in literature and, and songs and things like that. It's, it's fascinating when you start talking about whether we even like have a connection with this reality, right? So we have always had questions like the matrix, are we living in the matrix? Are we living in an illusion? Are we completely material? Like what are we working with, right? What is the fundamental nature? You know, at the beginning of his meditations, he says uh, there's, there's three reasons as to why we could potentially be skeptics, right? So our senses, sometimes they're not reliable. Sometimes we see something when it, it wasn't actually true to reality that we saw that the correct way, right? Uh, you might see a barn in the distance, right? But then you walk up to it, it's a paper mache barn. It wasn't actually a barn, it's a fake barn, right? Okay, so these are all the little thought experiments that people use to just keep you up at night in epistemology <laughs> classes, right? Do I have a sense of my reality? I don't know. Uh, so, so that's the first one. The senses might be, you know, they're not completely consistent. The second one is we might be living in a dream, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or am I just waiting to wake up? Am I waiting for this revelation to wake up? Uh, the third one is, are we being, you know, deceived by an evil demon, right? So is the evil demon, is, is my brain in a vat, right? That's the matrix stuff. Am I experiencing true reality or am I just experiencing the reality that some type of higher something that is evil is wanting me to perceive? So he sets up that argument. And then by the end of Meditations 3, he kind of comes to the understanding that like with our senses being reliable, we can we can work that out. Dream world, we can't necessarily say it is or it isn't, but if it is, then like that's simply what we're working with. And then the evil demon is like the stumper, right? Like if we're being deceived, that is something that we don't want to be experiencing, right? But how do we end up trusting our like our senses at the end of the day? How do we think that we have this connection with reality? And his argument is that we should create a an argument for God, right? If there's an argument for a good God, the three O God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnibenevolent, which just means all-knowing, all-good, all-powerful, right? Then we can trust our senses because a good God would allow us to have this connection with reality, right? And so that's why these, I think the reason part of faith is so important so that we have these tools to be able to support what we already know experientially, right? Because that's what we were talking about earlier. We experience God, right? That's exactly right. Because the Holy Spirit testifies to us Mm -hmm. that God exists for the believer. Right. The Holy Spirit that is living in us testifies Mm -hmm. that he exists. So we are justified by that belief. Mm -hmm. And we also can have really good reasons Mm -hmm. 
for God's existence. I right. think it's a both and, right. not an either or. Yes. And so, you know, people like Alvin Plantinga, if you're familiar, have come up with these types of ideas like Reformed epistemology, where they believe religious belief could be logical, even if it isn't based on particular evidence, right? But we mm -hmm. have these other things that compensate for that, like our experience, like, you know, fill in the blank, what you have. But at the end of the day, we do need some type of sense of reason, right? We need a reason to support why we believe what we believe, right? Because when the, when the going gets tough, right, um, you're gonna find yourself questioning what you know, which is what grounds us in our knowledge and mm -hmm. and our our practice right because what we know affects how we feel and how we feel affects how we behave and all those things interact with each other so it is very important to have an understanding that will keep you grounded granted there is not a level of knowledge that you must reach in order to have the same experience as someone else's experience of God, right? Let's talk about that. Let me clarify and make yes. sure I know what you're saying. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Some people say that you have to have a certain amount of evidence yes. to have faith. And right. what you're saying is not everybody has to have that, that level of a level of of a particular amount yes. of evidence to support their faith. Right. But I will say this, and that is we can't I don't think Biblically, we could exclude evidence in the understanding of supporting our faith. And I always go back to this example, I know, and it is with John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. He's sitting in jail. He's mm -hmm. getting ready to be beheaded. He's the one who baptized Jesus, mm -hmm. and yet he tells his disciples, go ask Jesus Mm -hmm. Are you the one? Right. So he's he's in the midst of, it seems, with this struggle with his faith. Mm -hmm. And Jesus doesn't send back an answer to just have faith. He mm -hmm. doesn't say just pray. Instead, he provides evidence for him. He tells mm -hmm. his disciples, go tell John, the lame walk, the, the blind, blind see, see right. the deaf hear. Mm -hmm. And so it appears that even God right. is showing that evidence is going to give support to encourage our faith. Right, right, which leads us into our faith discussion, right? What is faith? What does that look like in not contrast, but like in comparison with reason? Yeah, and when I think about faith, it, you know, we always go back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? And it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Mm -hmm. And I always think, what does that mean, the assurance? Faith is the assurance. I mean, we know that we can't please God without faith, right? That's mm -hmm. what the scriptures say. So I think about the idea of faith and what is this assurance? And when I look it up, in the Greek, it it seems to infer a sort of confidence, mm -hmm. right? A confidence on this conviction, and right. and the Greek word for this implies a proof or 
something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it seems that faith is being enacted on not some type of knowledge, Mm -hmm. which we know truly is the Word of God, right? Right. Uh, is it is it limited to the Word of God? I think the Word of God tells us who God is, mm-hmm. and it it is extending the information of the gospel. And so, right. faith does come by hearing of the Word of God. Within the Word of God, there are all sorts of claims that. A Christian would adhere to mm-hmm. and I think that we must have faith it completes reason mm-hmm. yeah right? and when you talk about that it always makes me think of Dante's Inferno you know the divine comedy so as we've talked about before you know you have three parts of this beautiful work so there's uh, Inferno Purgatorio Paradiso right uh, so each one is sort of uh, you know, Dante's being guided by someone in each uh, one of the the sections. So the first one, the first guide through Inferno, so that's like the depths of hell, the circles of hell, right, is Virgil. And Virgil represents reason, right? So it's fascinating because they're walking through what it looks like to do evil. And uh, Dante is being presented with reason to show sort of like the law. Like there is a right and there is a wrong. We're using mm-hmm. reason to figure out that like these actions are evil and this is the consequence, right? And then you go through Purgatorio, which is the process of sanctification, which, okay, this is a book. Follow me here. Well, just let me have this one. Okay, so <laughs> Purgatorio, the one of, one of the guides is Beatrice and she represents faith. So you have reason guiding Dante through, through Inferno faith guiding uh, Dante through Purgatorio, and then the final, like entering entering the final parts of the book, uh, we have Saint Bernard, and he is the representation of contemplation. So you have reason, and then one step further from reason, that is faith, and then the completion of like the Christian experience, which is contemplation, right? So you have all of these things married together, and they almost seem as though they're for different uses as well, you know, they have different functions, maybe. I don't know if that's heretical. Stop me. Stop me if that's heretical. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it seems like reason is this. It, it points us in the direction of what we are supposed, you know, to do and how we're supposed to be uh, discerning, right? Um, it's, it's more uh, decisive, whereas faith, there's more of like an ambiguity of like what it looks like and what it's supposed to be for each person because the Holy Spirit guides us in different ways. That's why we have convictions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating to see that piece play out and see how Dante, also many years ago, was seeing it in, in his mind and how all of us still kind of gravitate towards it. And we're like, that's what I want. Reason plus faith plus contemplation. Okay. Which is interesting because that's what we see all throughout history. We see mm-hmm. Thomas Aquinas, who really relies on and produces all these arguments for God, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have you know Calvin come along and say, all you need are the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know Alvin Plantinga and William Lane Craig and all these different yes. people who are writing about this idea of 
how do we know what we know? How much of it do we have to know? And Mm -hmm. how does that bridge us to God? Mm -hmm. And I think that when we talk about faith and reason, Mm -hmm. then we can have, we must have faith, right? So that is a necessity. Yes. We can also have reason. Right. And it can be this both and. Right. We can have these theological arguments for the existence of God. And, mm-hmm. you know, William Millen Craig, he says the difference between the two can be summed up in the idea of how we know our faith to be true and how we show our faith to be true. Yeah. He says how we know it to be true is by the power of the Holy Spirit that it's testifying to us and then we show that faith through these different arguments and these different tools that we've been given to be able to share the gospel with the world around us Mm -hmm. exactly so you know and we continue to discuss Kierkegaard whenever we literally whenever i open my mouth it's it's Kierkegaard uh so if i'm not talking (laughs) about Kierkegaard i don't know what to talk about i don't do small talk well uh so you know we have in the sickness unto death this once again beautiful piece just about like suffering and our existential dread and it's stuff that we all all feel at some point or another right where we feel alone where we feel like the inner contradiction is getting the better of us so this you know, constant battle with our, you know, spirit and body or, you know, just immaterial, material parts of us, the infinite and the finite. We're thinking big picture. We're thinking small picture. We're trying to like do all of these things at once so as to feel purposeful here, but not make our home here, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. And and so Kierkegaard infamously uh, wrote, you know, was pulled himself away from society and whatnot so as to, you know, develop these internal Uh, good things within himself, right? And figure out what exactly faith looked like because he thought that faith was this like, me and God are the only ones that like, like he's the only one that can truly understand me. That's why he talks about the story of Abraham and Isaac. And he gives like the end of, like a hypothetical end of the story where Abraham and Isaac come back from the top of the mountain where Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And he's explaining to Sarah what happened and Sarah's like you're crazy I don't believe you God would never do that and so it's like this piece exposing how even like the closest people to us don't understand but you know God always understands like the experience that was um, happening Um, so he by the end of the sickness unto death he he writes a definition like of faith or whatever and so it's like it's like almost like that's what it's all about at the end of the day right mm-hmm. but then if that's what it's all about at the end of the day and then you kind of feel not necessarily compelled or like you feel those feelings of being deceived by you know fill in the blank you know these doubts arise that's when we start to apply reason and be like decisive and this is the way things are and truly challenge it you know like that's what we're supposed to do. That's our, that's our responsibility. I think is to, when in doubt, challenge our beliefs, but uh, hold firm to the truth that we know and be willing to do that. That's what Aristotle talks about in the intellectual virtues, right? Mm-hmm. The epistemic mm-hmm. virtues. So, in talking about faith and reason, why do you think we should care? care. <laughs> why should we care? Why should we care? So you know, 
faith and reason both have their place in the Christian walk, right? Mm-hmm. And a very important place. We can't, you know, we need we need faith. And then we also need a reasonable faith, right? We don't want to have blind faith because that's, that's inauthentic. We can't live with that and continue to, you know, make good, virtuous actions because we don't know what we're working with, right? So yes, experientially, faith in and of itself, that is going to meet the criteria, right? That's right. And and if someone says to you, I have faith and that's enough, then you can allow them to be in that place because mm-hmm. faith is enough, Yes. right? Yes. However, in our world today, I think that we've been given all these great arguments from theologians and great arguments about God that can bridge a conversation to be able to share the gospel. Right. And I think that in our modern day, uh, you know, we're shifting from elevating reason to, you know, sort of discounting it because we don't know what's true and what's right and what's wrong and how we know literally anything. Uh, But we still long for answers. And, you know, you see this all in this. Okay, I'm taking this social psychology class, right? Mm -hmm. So we continue to talk about how we have two fundamental desires, which is to seek truth and then to have uh, high self-esteem, right? Mm-hmm. And we have sometimes we have to sacrifice one for the other. And, you know, so we're, we're constantly going to be navigating that where we're trying to look for truth, but sometimes, you know, we're, we're giving a little and we're sat, we're settling for not knowing, you know, but it does keep coming up later on and it will continue to stunt your ability to truly act the way you wish you could, right? You want to do good. You want to live right. You want to live the full and abundant life. But sometimes we don't face reality where it is. And we kind of like just allow some of our mistakes to go unnoticed, right? Reason can compensate for that. Seeking faith can also compensate for that, right? So we just need to keep it in balance, right? We need to increase faith, increase reason, but not see our sanctification process as a series of books that we were supposed to read, you know? Like, if you haven't read Mere Christianity, like, you're fine. You're going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And if you don't know the arguments for the existence oh, of God, God you're good. Okay. You're good. It's I, okay. You don't have to go and study all those things. Right. Those are only assisting you in the journey to be able to share the gospel and right. have it as a bridge with people. Or maybe well, yeah. at certain points in your journey, maybe it can strengthen your faith. Yeah. It's in relation to oneself as well, uh, I, would, uh, I would say. Yeah. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying when you say you don't have to have all of this knowledge right. to have a vibrant, mm-hmm. fully fulfilled Fulfilled, relationship with God, you can just have the scriptures, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And you know, like philosophy is the handmaiden of theology. So you will continue to learn more about God, which is going to be fulfilling with the, you know, tool of philosophy. But the more I, I'm also in this history and doctrine class. Wow. I'm just really excited about my classes this semester, I think. (laughs) Uh, But we were talking about, you know, the early heretics, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how philosophy was okay, sure, 
it sort of played a hand in in developing some heresies because they wanted this logic that they thought was right to to sort of align with with the with God and okay I've seen it I've seen it before I get it philosophy I've I've read Augustine I get it okay so you know that is true you got to be leery of your your mind and its capabilities to and sort of rationalize things yes, yes. when what we're working with is flawed right yes. at the end of the day yeah. so faith reason hand in hand I encourage both don't feel as though there is some type of criteria you're supposed to meet in in this reasoning and in in your sanctification right yeah in the process just continue to grow and develop and and i think that reason can be a great assistance in the faith in strengthening the parts of life that sometimes you come across in question mm-hmm. with skepticism right i think that it can help you yeah in the journey yeah at the end of the day at the end of the day you got to have faith Mm -hmm. you can also have reason as well Mm -hmm. so that's why i like it the way that it said have a reasonable faith right have a reasonable faith you can fight off the two biggest you know i i think the two biggest problems in our uh culture now and for a long time past which is skepticism and nihilism we can't know anything or it doesn't matter right so in order to defeat that wildly uninspiring lifestyle, right? Utilize reason, increase faith. And that's, that's all we have to say on this one. So hope this one made you think. <laughs>